0: You are Locked on Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked on Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, Your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and now you can get it on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Pelicans. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on a game day in the Crescent City as the Pelicans take on the sacramento Kings tonight in the Smoothie King Center. Mercifully, there's only six more games left in the regular season. We'll preview that game, of course, in the final segment here. Before that, we're going to talk about some maybe disgruntled Players and ex-players, Anthony Davis had a really interesting comment at practice yesterday. And then, of course, you had DeMarcus Cousins continuing his Pushing the Narrative world tour as he talked to Chris Haynes of Yahoo. And we'll go over what he said in that interview as well. Um, And then I want to talk about, but it'll be a funnier story. Maybe we'll do this in the final segment of David West. And the BP oil spill, and something that has to be maybe the most absurd thing I've seen in a little while, and it just kind of makes me laugh, but good for David West for trying, I guess. Uh, So we'll talk about what that was, what that weird situation was as well in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So let's lead off with Anthony Davis and the comment he said after practice yesterday, and it was basically, He could be here next year, is what he said. And when you kind of hear that, you you, you kind of tilt your head and go, what the hell? What? No, of course not. But I don't think that's really what it means. You know, he said, if they don't trade me, I'm under contract, so I could be here. And it's as simple as that. This seems like a realization on his part that he doesn't have any power in this. And it's not up to him where he goes. He made his power play At the trade deadline, it didn't work out, and now it's up to the Pelicans just to do what they want with him in a way and trade him to whatever team they want to trade him to that makes an offer that they like. And I think it's kind of a realization of that, and he said, you know, so if I'm here, I'll just go out and I'll play basketball because that's what I want to do, and I get it to an extent. So I don't think there's too much to be made over this comment by Anthony Davis. And I think it's good maybe that he kind of realizes this. And maybe this means we're not going to be in for an offseason until they trade him of weird leaks of negotiating through the media and all of that. Because frankly, I think we're all a little bit tired of that. And we'd like that not to be the case anymore. And cool, let's not deal with crap like that. So I think that's really kind of just what what this is. It's just kind of an acceptance that yeah, he doesn't really have as much control as he thought. Basically his trade request just gets him traded at some point Versus to the place that he wants to go to as long as they kind of get it done before the NBA trade deadline. So, that's that. No, no, nothing much else when you kind of see the rest of the context with it. Another interesting one is maybe disgruntled former Pelicans player DeMarcus Cousins speaking to Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports. Basically... uh, trying to push the narrative of I never had offers, the Pelicans did me dirty, and so on and so forth. And it comes across as, again, him controlling the narrative and just kind of, I don't know, sour grapes and just being a little bit bitter. But when you really think about it, there's probably some truth to what he says And some points to be taken out of there that are valid, it's just kind of wrapped up in this crap package that he's pushing out there right now. You know, when asked about Dell Demps firing, he laughs, which, okay, whatever. You know, I don't want anyone really to be fired. I don't, like, wish that on people. But certainly Dell Demps had to be removed from this organization, and it's not The end of the world is also still going to get paid and everything for it. So he kind of laughs about that and just said, yeah, you know, when they didn't re-sign me, I knew this was going to happen. I knew that Anthony Davis was going to want out. We talk. We're good friends. Like, this is kind of how it goes. So, again, it might seem like this is just a dude with sour grapes and upset and being petty about the team because they did offer him uh, two years, $40 million total. And he said no to that. And then his market dried up and they didn't put that back out on the table. Then they offered him um, that mid- like $10 million a year, that mid-level exception and all that. And... They, again, he didn't want it. and He wanted to push for a longer-term deal, which never ended up happening. So then he played chess while we all played checkers, I guess, according to the tweet from, what, his manager, and then signed with the Golden State Warriors, going to probably win a ring there, make $5 million. Not a bad year of your life. But there is some truth to kind of what he's saying, and I think he feels not that the Pelicans did him wrong, did him dirty in this sort of situation by a guy who kind of gave his all to the team And then kind of had a freak injury and maybe still should have gotten paid and that's how he feels about it. And rather than kind of doing the right thing by the person, the Pelicans did the right thing by the market, which was don't pay him that much money. Look, I actually think that's valid, to be honest. Sometimes you've got to make decisions that are not just motivated by spreadsheets and financial sense and just kind of do what the right thing is. And sometimes in business and other places that gets lost a little bit. But at the same point... It's not like he played for free or took a pay cut here in New Orleans. He was getting paid $18-plus on the contract that he signed. You know, it's if you go to Mad Men, it's that thing where Don Draper's secretary walks in and she's like, I do all this stuff for He's like, yeah, and I pay you. And she's like, but you never thank me for doing these things. He goes, I don't need to thank you because it's your job and that's what the money's for. That's the quote, which is a really great one because— You're paid to do something, and if you're being paid to do it, you don't need to be thanked for doing it, and that's kind of what DeMarcus Cousins is missing in all of this, that yeah, you got paid $18 million to go play for the Pelicans. You did that, and they paid you the money. It's as simple as that. It's not like they owed you anything. You owed them production and play, and you did that, and then they gave you the cash for it, and he's kind of missing that here, and so, I don't know if there's really a right or wrong side to all of this, but I kind of look at it and I'm like, it just kind of is what it is. Like, at this point, who who really cares? Like, maybe he won this if he wants to think of it that way because he's on the Golden State Warriors, the Pelicans are going to have to trade Anthony Davis, and the guy he doesn't like, Del Demps, has been fired. I will say this, though, with kind of his disdain for Del Demps, that's something that's been echoed to me while he was still the general manager And, you know, even after the fact was Del was not really, uh, at least internally, what it sounds like a very likable person. He didn't build very big relationships with the players, with the players' families or anything like that. He just kind of did his thing and was kind of removed from it all. And now you've got Danny Farian, who's kind of takes a different approach about it, isn't as cold and distant, much more friendly and personable with all these people. And you can feel since the, since the firing, it's been like a weight lifted off the shoulders of everybody. I mean, this goes across the organization, talking to people in multiple different roles and things like that. They all kind of feel this. So him being upset with Del Demp's, Kind of fits and makes sense, and that's something that you know I'd be willing to bet if Anthony, if you could get Anthony Davis to talk and be honest, he'd probably say a similar thing because it's been echoed to me by multiple people. Again, that you know if they had made a change in general manager a year or so ago, maybe longer than that, this could have potentially been avoided with Anthony Davis. But a lot of this stemmed from him not trusting Dell Demps, and they kept that guy there. And part of that's because of the cold, calculated approach that Demps did, and that he didn't build personal relationships with these players that they didn't know him well at all. So when DeMarcus Cousins goes and speaks like this, it's not just someone who is pissed off he didn't get the contract from the team. It's just he didn't have a good relationship with Del Demps. And I think that speaks to the fact that a lot of people didn't necessarily have a good relationship with Dell Demps. So when I see what DeMarcus Cousins is saying and knowing what I know about the inside of the organization... It kind of makes a lot of sense to me. And I'm not looking at, you know, Demarcus Cousins being like, oh, whatever, screw you. He hates the team. It just kind of seems like, yeah, this was the case and things weren't necessarily handled as well as they could have, I guess. So before we look ahead to the Kings game tonight and the weird situation with um David West and the BP oil spill, today's podcast is brought to you by The Wise Cam, W-Y-Z-E. Wise is the indoor camera that does it all, packed with premium features that allows you to see everything from anywhere for just $20. Cameras can get expensive, 20 bucks for a good one is an absolute steal. The Wyze Cam is in 1080 full HD with images so clear you won't miss a thing. It's got night vision to keep you protected at night as well. And it even has two-way audio if you need to try and talk to someone. It's the Wyze mission to bring amazing smart home products accessible to everyone and everywhere. Check your home anytime with the Wyze app's live stream. Connect with life as it unfolds in sharp focus. You've even got an eight times digital zoom there. One of the best parts about this, and I have multiple cameras around my home living in the not best neighborhood in the city, and there's kind of crime everywhere, is I check footage when things happen, and they happen a lot. There's construction across the street. They've hit our cars before. They've broken the curb and the sidewalk, and I need to come with video to show them what the hell's going on to get them to pay for it so that I'm not out the money. With the Wise camera, you've got free rolling 14-day cloud storage, so it just uploads the cloud, saves it, and you've got it there if you realize something happened a day or two later, and that's for free, rolling 14-day cloud storage with no subscriptions whatsoever. There is nothing too small for the wise Cam to watch because at $20 per camera, you can do anything. You know, I have some friends who use this to kind of watch their cooking while they go run to the store because they forgot an ingredient. Maybe you want to check on your dogs during the day or make sure those contractors out in the street aren't breaking your cars by accident. And if you want more, they've got that too, because for just $10 more, the Wyze Pan adds in 360 coverage, 360 degree coverage in under three seconds. Life moves fast. Your camera should So make sure you go to wise.com slash locked. That's W-Y-Z-E dot com slash locked to get the guaranteed lowest price and the free rolling 14-day cloud storage with no subscription. Again, that's W-Y-Z-E dot com slash locked. All right. For a sillier story, we've got former Hornet great David West, one of probably the four or five best players in franchise history, Sued BP after their oil spill to get some money. This doesn't make a whole lot of sense because there were definitely big payments and settlements coming out of the oil spill, which happened, what was that, 2010? I think. Um, right around then, when you know they were so good and here, or maybe it was before that was 09. I can't even remember. This is how long ago it is now. We're living in the city at the time. But David West tried to get in on the BP settlement and I think got granted a million and a half dollars. So the settlements, the way they worked, and I knew a lot of people who kind of worked in this industry was, you know, if you were a fisherman, you kind of got screwed by the BP oil spill and BP basically needed to kind of get restitution to you for the lack of business you were able to do and the livelihood that you would be able to provide because either the fish were dead or you couldn't go out in the water and fish. Things like that. Other industries were affected too. Bartenders were affected. Waiters and waitresses at seafood restaurants were affected. So it kind of had this big thing and it went for years and years and years. Where BP was just paying out millions and billions of dollars in settlements because of the spill that happened. It's for people whose livelihoods were affected by the oil spill, though. I don't know if an NBA player counts and a court originally thought David West counted. And then it had to go to, I think, the Louisiana Supreme Court before they finally threw this out and was like, no. So David West's contract, if you remember, second one here in New Orleans, was considered one of the better deals in the NBA. It was front loaded and it actually decreased in years, which is kind of the opposite of how most contracts do. So the final year of his deal here or the year during the B piece, but whatever it was, was a million and a half less than what it was the year before. But that was by design that was there when he signed the contract. Also, his livelihood is not indexed off of tips or anything to do with the golf, And somehow, he just he, he got approved for this. And, you know, I think it was one of those things where the people handling these claims were literally just typing numbers into a spreadsheet that says this number, okay, this is what that person gets. And he thought he could just kind of maybe slip this on by. Which, you know what? Good for you. Shoot your shot, David West. You know, he's been... Kind of underpaid throughout his career, taking less money to go to the Golden State Warriors or to go to the San Antonio Spurs and chase rings and win some titles. And he won two with the Warriors most recently. So maybe this is his way of trying to kind of offset the money that he left on the table for himself years after the fact. Maybe it's his way of trying to go for the and one this is a guy who every time he made a bucket, screamed and won, always because he thought he was fouled and should go to the line. It was kind of his trademark. We all know that. Maybe this is him just kind of screaming and one in life and trying to get extra money in that free throw, that million and a half. My girlfriend's next to me just laughing at me as I'm recording this and what, because I'm being cheesy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, apparently we'll go through there. Hey, you know what? I try. I made the analogy work. You guys can all tell me if I'm wrong on this. I just, I I just couldn't believe it because there's no way an NBA player would lose money on his base salary with a team because of an oil spill. The team pays him to play basketball. It's like what we just said with the Don Draper thing. Like you don't need to thank you for this or extra things because they paid you your money to play basketball. It wasn't like it fluctuated because of that. It's just his contract (laughs) decreased and he thought he could get away with this. It's it's almost like fraud in a way and you should be punished for it. But we like David West. We don't want that and we should all forget that I just said that. So funny story with a former New Orleans great player. So it, it, it got approved and then I think it got upheld on appeal and then it got appealed to like the L.A. Supreme Court. And then it finally got thrown out when they were like, what? what what the hell i can't believe this survived like two court things or the auditor or i don't know accountant who just typed it into a spreadsheet and said okay just a silly silly situation but almost got away with it david west but you're not getting the and one in this case all right so that was the silly story of the day and before we preview the game tonight Remember, to get this show every day, subscribe to the Locked On Pelicans podcast on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and the new additions and new features they throw into this thing every day. It's just constantly getting better and better. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to the Locked On Pelicans podcast. So game day tonight for the Pelicans in the Smoothie King Center. Just six more games mercifully left in the regular season, and they're going to be taking on the Sacramento Kings tonight here in New Orleans. The Kings desperately clinging to some playoff hope. It's likely going to be a long shot. I think the top eight are set, but they are in the ninth spot, just five and a half games out with, you know, about six, seven, eight games for certain teams left to go. So they've got a tragic number, which is about two. So it's kind of coming down to it for them, meaning they're going to be really motivated to win. Guess what? I don't think the Pelicans are going to be feeling that same type of motivation if what we saw on uh, Tuesday is any indication against the Atlanta Hawks. Out is still Drew Holiday for the season. Frank Jackson now out with the concussion. He is in the NBA's concussion protocol. He's going to miss at least this game. You can't really start the concussion protocol until 24 hours after the incident happened, meaning somewhere around 8 or 9 o'clock last night is when he really starts. So it's probably going to miss a game. I think we'll see him maybe for the final three, two games, potentially, maybe four. But he's certainly going to miss this one, likely the next one as well. Still out, he's probably going to be out for the regular season. The other names that really matter on the injury report Anthony Davis, as of right now, probable with lower back spasms, and Alfred Payton, probable with that right wrist contusion. I actually think they'll both play in this one. If anyone sits out, it would be Anthony Davis. So, with Drew Holiday out, with Alfred Payton potentially going to be out, each one more out, Frank Jackson out, this team is. Thin at guard, which means you're going to see some Stanley Johnson getting some action there. I, I'm not even quite sure how this rotation is going to really work because there's just not much there right now for this team to use. Again, it doesn't really matter because, frankly, who cares at this point? You know, they're out of playoff contention. It's no big deal, but you're going to see Burton's get a lot of minutes. You're going to see Ian Clark get a lot of minutes. You're probably going to see Solomon Hill get more minutes otherwise, because they're limiting the minutes for Czech Diallo. They're limiting the minutes for Okafor. You'll see the normal allotment for other guys. Christian Woods probably going to get significant run in this one. That's maybe kind of what you're looking for if he can replicate the fairly impressive game he had the other night against Atlanta. Kings are going to kind of be the Kings. They have some talent there, and they're pretty fun. They are a fast-paced team that wants to kind of play offense and get out in transition and run, led of course by Buddy Heald, who's averaging 20.8 points per game doing it on almost uh, slightly over 43% three-point shooting on significant attempts per game, almost eight. He's making about three and a half per game. He's turned out to be a pretty good young player. To Aaron Fox at 17 and a half points per game, 7.2 assists. Harrison Barnes has been a sneaky good pickup for them over the past 20 games or so, 15.1 points per game, also grabbing six rebounds per game, just more scoring there and kind of fits that small four. Forward hole that they have. Got Marvin Baglio, third in there, 14.7 points per game. One of the Bogdanoviches, even though those guys aren't related, 14 points per game for him. And Willie Colley Stein, who started all of his games that he's played this year, 12.5 points per game, along with 8.5 rebounds. So it's a young team that kind of has a little bit of upstartedness to them, and they're pretty efficient with certain things. They don't really turn the ball over offensively at all, where defensively one of the reasons they're able to get out and run so much is because they do force turnovers Fourth in the league in terms of that. They might be able to feast against the Pelicans who had 24, Six turnovers against Atlanta, been kind of sloppy with the ball recently. So, you know, I think that's kind of what you're going to see. This is a team that's going to make offense really difficult for the Pelicans. They're going to use that to create easy offense for them. And probably more or less kind of cruise to a victory here because – of who's playing for the pelicans or more importantly who isn't you know we could look at this game a little bit more but does it really matter no probably not and we just all still want to laugh about the david west thing and the bp oil spill so i think that's where we're gonna leave it for today so that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on the new Himalaya podcast app, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Pelicans. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.